0: Welcome to Cybercast, decoding today's cyber issues. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research. With me today is managing editor Ross John Fortuna. Hi, Ross. Hi, Alex. So, you had the opportunity to chat with Jamila Crawford, US Digital Core Cybersecurity Fellow at CISA. How'd it go? I,
1: it was terrific. I, I think the conversation was really. Interesting, the work that she's doing at CISA and more generally the US Digital Core uh, Cybersecurity Fellows have a lot on their plate, and her story is, is among many, but she's certainly uh, an interesting
0: one. Tell me more about this fellow's program because I was unfamiliar with it prior to this interview. So, the program is really interesting because it's getting people who are
1: early in their IT careers into these major agencies to really get in there and start working, not unlike a lot of other fellowships. You know, they're two-year appointments and it thrusts people into the proverbial fire of technology. Now, in her case, in Jamila Crawford's case, that's in the cybersecurity track, which is one of five of the tracks. There's also data science and analytics, product management, design, and software engineering. But for the cybersecurity track, and she and I talked about this a little bit when we uh, spoke, you couldn't find a better place to be than CISA. I mean, CISA very much is the place for cybersecurity, certainly at DHS and, and government-wide. And she had come with a cybersecurity education uh, and uh, coming from from a law enforcement background and a little bit of a career change. She came and ended up with the GSA program, and
0: that's where she is now. So speaking of Jamila's path to this fellowship program, tell me a little bit more about her background. Yeah, so she had started in law enforcement. She had worked in,
1: um, you know, sort of traditional law enforcement and ended up going back to school to get more experience, more education in the cybersecurity world. Obviously, I think that's fairly that makes a fair amount of sense to anyone who's listening and understands that a lot of law enforcement is done that way to a certain extent. I don't want to speak for her. Obviously, listen to the interview and you'll hear more from her on that. But that world can be hard to get into. All jobs are hard to get into if you don't know people, all those kinds of things. And And so she saw this opportunity and was able to use the stuff that she learned in school and actually get into the digital core, some really early career experience and – You know, Syssa doesn't, it's not siloed. So there are other connections that she's making at other agencies, certainly. So when her fellowship is up, she'll have more uh, opportunities.
0: So before we jump into the conversation, looking at the fellowship program kind of writ large, you know, we talk a lot about hiring pushes and building the cyber workforce. Obviously, this is a great opportunity to do just that. How do you see fellowship programs like this working, I guess, a little more broadly across the federal government? Is this something that we could see scaling up to apply in a variety of agencies? The U.S. Digital Corps
1: is in a lot of agencies. There are a lot of span of places so obviously GSA, which runs the program, uh, cabinet level agencies like USDA and Veterans Affairs, uh, EPA, you know, Homeland Security, obviously, in Jamila's case, but also at the executive offices of the president and uh, at you know sub-agencies like at CMS or NIH, you know, health agencies that I know we've covered a lot on our uh, slate of podcasts. So to a certain extent, it is scaling. I think GSA, because of the nature of it, is sort of hard to pin down necessarily, but because the way the the process works, you know, GSA puts these people in different places. So I know we've talked about where an agency like SISA or really any DHS federal employee, is, is that within the national security sphere? Is it within the civilian agency? There's, there's a lot of distinctions there. I think both the public and even people in our position who are fairly knowledgeable about this stuff, there's some squishiness there. And cybersecurity in particular can be sort of hairy there. But more than anything, GSA is putting these people in all these different places because it has access to all those agencies. As an independent agency itself, it can just look Uh, this person from the fellowship and put them at NIH. That person doesn't have to go through the NIH processes. Now, I don't know if other agencies um, that aren't involved, that aren't partners with GSA in this, if that's something that they're clamoring for, I suspect they would. From all the conversations I've had with agency officials, hiring, uh, as you alluded to, is really hard. And it's really hard in the current system that the agencies uh, use mostly with USA jobs and, and OPM and stuff like that. There's, there's a lot of modernization that needs to be done. And I know talking to Jamila, I know we, I don't remember if the mics were hot or not when we talked about this, but you know, it's, it can be, that's a process that this makes easier. I'm not telling tales out of school to say that. I, I know that that's one of the things on her, like, uh, from, you know, her GSA profile says that, you know, how, how easy the fellowship, process was with regards to hiring and uh, recruiting so look anything that eases the process by which people can get into federal service particularly people in the it world i think that's generally uh, laudatory and i know this particular program really talks about people changing careers and people early in their careers you know younger people lot about veterans, you know, people transitioning in life. It's hard not to, to think
0: that's a good thing. Definitely. It really is a great opportunity, not just for the fellows from a professional sense, but also for the federal government to really expand who is working with them and the new ideas and talents that I think all of us will benefit from. So with all of that in mind, let's take a listen to your interview. This episode of Cybercast is brought to you by Zscaler. Concerned about your agency's cybersecurity defenses against cyber threats? Trust in Zero Trust with Zscaler. Our security model assumes all users, devices, and applications are untrusted and only permits access on a need-to-know basis. As agencies modernize, the secure adoption of cloud services is critical. With over 35 global certifications, including DoD Impact Level 5, FedRAMP Moderate and High, and State Ramp authorizations, Zscaler is the world's most accredited security cloud. Trust in Zero Trust with Zscaler. To learn more, visit zscaler.com federal. Jamila Crawford is a U.S. Digital
1: Core Cybersecurity Fellow at the Cybersecurity and Information Security Agency, and she joins me now to talk about her role. Welcome to Cybercast. Good
2: morning.
1: So how did you come to the
2: U.S. Uh, digital Core? So, my education is in cybersecurity for my master's degree, uh, and I completed my undergraduate degree in sociology. Prior to joining the U.S. Digital Corps, I worked as an information security technology trainee for the Bureau of Prisons for one year. It's a pathways program for students in the federal government. So, I did that while I was completing my master's degree. Um, And immediately before that, I worked as a state and federal law enforcement officer for about five years. So, Outside of my education in cybersecurity, I only had one year of professional experience in technology specifically. So I'm a career changer, and that's something that the Digital Corps really appreciates, unique professional experiences, education, and transferable skills. So um, the opportunity that the Digital Corps offered me to make an impact this early in my career is really not common for those working in the federal government. Most positions require extensive years of experience. So I saw the opportunity and thought I have to apply for this. Um, And thankfully, I matched with the agency that was my first choice, which is CISA, who I applied to at least three times before um, joining the digital course as a fellow. Wow, three times. that's,
1: That's some real interest there. Obviously, it's a good fit, I imagine, for you. So what projects are you tackling there at CISA?
2: So, CISA, which is the Cyber Infrastructure Security Agency, we offer services through what we call the Cyber Marketplace. And it pretty much centralizes um, information to help reduce the time and sourcing um, and maintaining cybersecurity solutions across the federal civilian enterprise. So, the short version as a fellow, I work in the Shared Services Division. And in this division, we validate cybersecurity services using risk and resilience assessments um, to ensure compliance with Executive Order 14.028, applicable standards such as NIST and ISO control frameworks. And we also assess the quality of the service provided and how the Shared Services Office saves the federal government millions by offering these shared services across agencies. Well, within that, you know
1: shared services obviously is is something you're you're working on. What trends, and to a lesser extent, what challenges are you seeing in your role?
2: So I'll start with the trends. Um, the main trend that is currently on my radar is AI. I'm not well versed in AI, but I'm working to change that because I see that it is here to stay and for really good reasons, like it improves processes, detecting attacks, and in some cases, some semi-automated responses to attacks. So um, there's so much to learn with emerging technologies like AI, and I haven't delved into it much right now. So that is a a goal of mine within the next few months. So looking forward to learning more about that and how it can benefit us in our efforts to secure the federal government. So I've seen how technology has benefited the government um, in the most recent years. Um, and not just for those who are working in government, but for the American people who use government services like Social Security and Veterans Affairs benefits. Um, so, in my experience, it allowed us allows us to get more done, improves the user experience, and it better equips us in our efforts to combat cyber threats. Um, for example, um, not directly related to cybersecurity, but when I was acting in officer capacity for the federal government. When COVID happened, we all of our hearings were held virtually, so all the court services relied so heavily on technology. Um, anyone who needed government services like benefits had to pivot to options like telehealth and requesting COVID tests online, which we're all you know, still doing today. Well, let's talk about protecting networks
1: um, from cyber threats. What are agencies doing? What are you seeing, and how are you working with agencies at CISA? To help agencies protect their networks and more importantly uh, their information their data from cyber attacks
2: okay so we know that it's extremely important for agencies like CISA and all federal agencies to protect networks and data you know we handle very highly sensitive information related to national security um so at CISA, i my first project shortly after my fellowship started was working on the protective dns service that was that is offered by CISA and available to all federal civilian executive branch agencies. So it's a DNS resolver um, and any agency can reach out to CISA to get this service. So making sure that we secure our networks in that way. Uh, we know DNS attacks are <laughs> real um, and active and, you know, that can spread to be a plethora of things. So um, that's what I've seen Firsthand, or have played a part in firsthand at CISA. So, my role was to evaluate that DNS service for uh, making sure it was compliant with NIST regulations, uh, make sure it incorporated zero trust aspects like that were outlined in the executive order um, released by Biden um, in 2021.
1: Zero trust, how are you seeing it evolve in government right now?
2: Um, zero trust is a really big deal in government. Um, especially at CISA, we literally in everything that we do is trust no one, which is obviously what zero trust is. Um, trust but verify um, in some cases, but um, we assume that every person is a threat. There are no, you know, in with cybersecurity, it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when, and so we treat everything as such. So, when we're when we're evaluating these security controls, we're think, looking at it from all aspects, every open door that could possibly, you know, be a, a way in for a threat actor. Um, so, applying those policies, being very rigid on them, uh, uh, comparing them to seeing what other agencies are doing and making sure that we're using the most effective way, most rigid protocols that we could use, but still allowing us to effectively do our jobs.
1: It seems to be the the sort of uh, trending topic, such as it were. I know in our space, so I'm I'm always interested to hear how how it's being deployed out. Is there anything we haven't covered that you think would be interesting for our listeners to know?
2: Um, I would say that if anyone who is listening, um, who may find themselves like I found myself three years ago, interested in the federal government, um, not being lucky enough to get, uh <laughs> referral to the hiring manager for a government position. Um, The U.S. Digital Corps is very um, great for that very reason. It was created to recruit early technologists. Um, Again, I wanted to work with CISA. Initially, I did not meet the requirements, Um, but thanks to opportunities like the Digital Corps, I am a fellow at CISA doing work, making an impact that I would not be able to make this early in my career, less than two years out of school. I'm at a more competitive salary range and I'm doing the work that I dreamed of doing. Um, so I would recommend looking into the U.S. Digital Corps if you are interested.
1: It's certainly a, a really good program for, for early career technologists and certainly for people that, like you mentioned, are either changing careers or um, sort of new in their careers. Jamila, thanks so much for being on the show with us.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you, Ross. That was a really interesting conversation. Before we let our listeners go, are there any last thoughts or takeaways that you want to leave them with?
1: I would just suggest people Google up the digital core and, and take a look at the programs there. And if you are either in the world of government federal IT, you know, see if your agency uh, works with GSA on this or if you are a technology professional and you want to
0: get involved google it up all right thank you ross listeners can tune in in two weeks for a brand new cybercast but until then if you like what you heard make sure you're subscribed leave a five-star rating and a review on the podcast platform of your choice and hey tell a friend we always enjoy growing our audience i'm alexander bolova I'm Rush John Fortuny. Thank you for listening. Cybercast, along with GovCast and Healthcast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.